for my life? What is God's will in this specific situation? What is God's will concerning this woman or man? Should I marry them? What is God's will for who I should date? What is God's will for school I shall attend? What is God's will about where I should live? What I should wear? What I should drive? What is God's will? We ask that all the time, don't we? And if we don't, we should because, see, sometimes people think, well, God's will, once you discover God's will and you seek Him and you, you move in and you embrace His will, you've got life together and you're set. Not so. God's will is a daily journey relationship with the Father that we discover on a daily basis. Would you agree with me, church? Now, there's some big things in there about to not be lost, to not perish, to know the Lord Jesus, to have our sins forgiven. Now, that's ultimately his will, that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life in Jesus Christ, his son. That's God's will. And there's some big things about God's will. But then there's that daily discovering the will of God. You know, there's that permissible will of God, and there's that perfect. Just write those two words down. Permissible and perfect. Which one do you want? You're saying, depends on the situation. Wrong answer. The right answer would be, God, I want to know you in the fullness of your glory. And I want your perfect will in my life in given situations and circumstances. God, I want them in all situations. But if we're not careful, a lot of times people are like, well, because people ask, would it be okay if I do this? Because in Scripture, when you know Scripture and you read Scripture, and it's the, the plumb line that you attach yourself to, you can discover, listen, I'll say it again, I'm going to say it now. I would say 98, 99% of God's will is found in the Scripture. Maybe 100%, but we have a relationship and the Father talks to us and speaks into our life. He never contradicts himself, but we need to be students of the Word. And that's the whole premise behind this series is loving God's Word. But how do I find it? Well, one thing that I do know is it's always God's will that you and I be shaped, conformed, molded into the image of his son Jesus Christ I love what Andy Stanley said some 12 15 years ago when I listened to a series on this he says this God's will is not a feeling although feelings might come and go God's will is not a formula a lot of times people just want I want the equation I want the formula that's God's will it's not a feeling it's not a formula it's a write it down it's a fellowship it's a fellowship with him. It's a relationship with our living Christ, with our living Lord, that we walk after him and know him. I want to give you a, a scripture, Psalm 143.10. It's not in your notes, so you need to write these in. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God, and may your good spirit lead me on level ground. The psalmist here makes it not just about obeying God's command, it's like knowing God's will, but he has decreed that it is God's will and responsibility that we do God's will. This morning, in my personal devotion, I thought it was very interesting as, as I was reading, and I came across this word. I just want you to turn over to Matthew 7, 21. Th this was just this morning. I was reading Matthew. had nothing to do with the sermon. And then I just felt like God's so impressed it that I have to share it with you. Matthew, turn there, Matthew 7, 21 talking about God's will today, the Lord's will, and listen to what God has in Scripture for me as I'm reading this morning. 
I'm reading above in the verses preceding, and in my Bible, it's marked off in verse 21. It has a topic, and it goes, true disciples. And I like to read before, during the message, and I like to read after, because so many times it, it flows in context and you get the fullness. But listen to verse 21. I mean, this is what I read this morning in my study before I ever came to church. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the, the will of my Father in heaven will enter it. And I just went, wow, God, I'm talking on God's will. It's like, you don't have to talk in a different person. He knows. Lord, today as I talk about your will for our lives, you just gave me a now word for today that it's your will that we know you, that we follow after you. So the Lord in Scripture says, teach me to do your will. And you know, that's what I hope we can land on this morning. I'm going to give you some principles, some seven ways, maybe eight or maybe more ways that we do God's will. But they're all going to come down to this. They're all going to align with him and his word. They're never going to have to be inconsistent with his word, or it won't be the word of God, or it won't be the will of the Father. But I think when we discover God's will, it's that the Father wants us to discover and have life at, a, at its fullness and at its best. You have kids and grandchildren. And as you look at your kids, you want God's best or you want God's worst for their life? If you're sick, if you went, oh, they're worst, you know, I just want them to be punished. They've been punishing me. I don't sleep because of them. Well, get over it. It'll get worse. But, but here's the deal. I mean, you know, young parents think it's really rough because they don't sleep, and it is really rough, and they go days and weeks and months and sometimes years without sleep. But then you get a teenager, and they want to stay out later at night, and that's a whole other story, okay? But here's the thing. There's certain hindrances that come into our lives that prevent us from doing God's will, and I just listed a few. I wrote it down. Self-will. We're our own biggest obstacle. All through Scripture, God calls you and me to surrender our wills to Him, but if we're honest, our self-will imposes itself many times on God's will, and we mess out, and so God wants to surrender. The other one is just an ignorance of not knowing God's Word. We, we don't know what God's Word teaches, it's because when I say 99, 98% of God's will is found in His Word, when we know His Word, and we know His Word, and we know principles, they're so clear. So many of them are black and white. I mean, it's just, it's not even up for debate. It's like God has spoken. It's revelation. And others, there's principles that are implied. There's principles that are taught that help us shape our life. And then the third way here, and I'll talk about it in different ways, is just the influence of other people. Other people influence our lives every day. And sometimes we take that as God's will, and it could be, and it might not be. We'll, we'll talk about how to do that and how to behave. But I was looking at all these scriptures from the psalmist to the book of Colossians to Romans to on and on, and it's just amazing what I see. But I want you to look right at the top. I've got a, a misprint here, and I, and I apologize. It's Romans 12, 2, okay? That, that scripture that's spelled out in blue, right in there, Romans 12, 2. And let's read it together. And then, like, let's read it together. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will take your pen right now and circle the words god's will you know i know from scripture and from a journey with christ that god's will is pleasing to himself to the king i know god's will is is perfect it's what we should seek after it should be our high aim as believers 
And as I was reading in Colossians this week, over in the first chapter, verses 9 through 14, I just want you to listen to these words. I think they make it clear. Paul is speaking to the church. He goes, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Next weekend, I'm starting a whole series on prayer, but let's build. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. If you're reading along with me right now, underline that in your Bible. God wants to fill us with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience in giving joyful thanks to the Father. You're going to see today, I'm going to keep using those words, will, the Lord's will, God's will. And it's, we ought to take note, like, man, if we want to discover God's will, and even God talks about it topically all through Scripture, and I think the Lord will, that he wants to rescue us here from the dominion of darkness. So, so here, here it is for a Christian, just real practical. Father, I desire, I want, I need your will. So I ask you to give revelation, to give insight, to give illumination, to give my mind concentration. Here we go, I'm into these ends. Give me application of your will. And so a lot of times people just sit around contemplating the universe and I want God's will, I want God's will. A lot of times it's so easy, you just get up and you do something. And then if it's wrong, maybe the Lord will show it to you or your friend or, or godly friend or somebody will come up and hold you accountable and go, man, that's, that's like dumb. That's like out of the will of God. Look what Scripture says. And other things that we're right on and we know that we're doing what pleases Him, maybe there'll be others that will come up and encourage us in our pursuit of God, the glory, the good news, that uh, the, the curriculum of the Spirit is that the Spirit wants to lead us in the ways of the Father that we bring about His will and understanding. So spiritual wisdom. I, I, I would just probably write that word down. God, I want spiritual wisdom. And wisdom comes from above. Wisdom comes from a pure walk of faith with you. And God, I need understanding. And Lord, like right now, I bet everybody in this room, if I could go into a room one-on-one with you, I bet almost every one of you would go, I'm seeking God's will in this matter. Matter of fact, I'm just curious. How many of you right now are not clear, but you're seeking God's will on a matter? Just raise your hand right now this morning. How many of you are seeking God's will on a matter? Raise them high. I want everybody to see. Wow, a lot of you. And how many of you would like to discover that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not knowing God's will brings trouble and confusion and chaos and sleepless nights. Do I have a witness? My God I don't want to make a mistake. You know what I know about my loving Heavenly Father? Sometimes we miss the will of God. Not intentionally, but we miss it. And do you know when God does that, He pouts in heaven and He has nothing to do with you ever again. That is not true. I mean, when your kid messes up, you go, you know what? I got your bags packed. And when your dad comes home, we're going to drop you off at a neighbor to not come home again. You don't do that. You work with them and you correct it, and you change the behavior, and you wonder, why did you think? Why did you do like that? I remember when I was in student ministry one time, we had this kid who was a great kid. She was a leader in our student ministry, and she hit this little rebellious state her senior year, and it was so uncharacteristic of who she was. And she then threatened to leave home. And her dad said, fine, 
pack your bag, and we'll take you on a little trip. And he drove her to the other side of town, and I won't tell you where, but it's a, it was a truck stop. And he led her off out on the highway. And he says, okay, I'm going to really miss you. I hope you figure it out. And he set her bag on the side of the road, and he closed the door. And I thought, whoa! And the little girl got out, sassy, walked back, picked up her bag, and then she went, he's serious. And she ran back begging forgiveness of her dad. She got her act together. She began to follow God beautifully, and it was an awesome story. Now, I asked that man, I said, were you prepared if she just continued on your way and drove off? He goes, I hadn't really thought it all the way through. <laughs> but you know what the good news is? Our God loves us. Our God's for us. He doesn't abandon us. Now, do we abandon him? We, we do many times. We try to walk off in our own understanding and we miss it. But let's look at some practical ways today just to knowing God's will. Number one, and I think I've built a case for it already, biblical guidance. If you want to know God's word, the number one place to go is to his book, to God's text, his manual, and say, God, I'm going to become a student of your word as I have in the past or as I'm going to begin today. I want to begin to seek you. And Lord, I know that you're never going to ask me anything contrary or that contradicts the word of God. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that, revealed, that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. Do y'all believe that God has secrets? The scripture says he does. And it says that those things belong to the Lord. But I find as a follower of Jesus Christ, God reveals things that are hidden to the world, hidden to the unspiritual man and woman. And he reveals his heart and his plan for us as we seek him. So we find that God's will is found in the scripture primarily. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, there's a fascinating text that says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. And, and let me just stop there. That is a great word for us in 2017. Just because somebody says they're religious, just because somebody says they're a Christian, just because they say they're godly, listen to what it goes on to say. You must test them and see if the spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world, and the church said, amen. Guys, you can get on Christian television and can still, if you've got money, you could be a false prophet heretic teacher of the word of god you want to test i want you to test what i do i want you to test the words that your small group leader gives you when you hear and sometimes i've learned that something in me there's discernment through the spirit and you and you don't feel right about it find out why you don't feel right about it and then call out that error and say lord i want to be a student of truth god teach us truth test the messengers lord let us receive from your throne, from your heart. Oh, there are gifted Bible teachers, men and women all throughout the world. I'm grateful for all that I learned day in and day out in my pilgrimage with Jesus. I'm grateful. But ultimately, you and I as believers in Jesus Christ, the Bible says you have the Holy Spirit. You have the resident teacher of all truth. And he will lead you in all manner of righteousness. Does anybody believe that but me? Do you believe God will lead you? He'll lead you in the truth. You're saying, well, 
I got to get into truth then because I don't even know what the truth is. And, and, and that's what the whole series is just hopefully to encourage you to pull out your Bible and start reading it and get to know it and find translations as we've talked about that maybe make more sense. Psalms uh, 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light for my path. In that time in scripture, they would have these shoes and they'd have these little like lanterns on them. And it would shine the way, but it wasn't like a big floodlight. It would just basically shine the way, just kind of right here, like for the next step. And that's kind of hard because we know about lumens and we know about great lights. And how many of you want to know God's will for the rest of your life? You ain't going to get it. How many of you want to know God's will for next week? Probably not going to get it. How many of you want to know God's will for this moment? Well, that's a good place to start. God, I want you to lead me. Psalm 23, you're a gentle shepherd, you lead, seek. All right, look at the second one, the counsel of others. Okay, is it a C? It's supposed to be S. Okay, I thought we'd change that. Okay, we can spell C-O-U-N-S-E-L, okay? All right, because that would bother me. It's going to bother you. Sorry. All right, seek godly counsel. Seek godly input. You know, that's why it's important to be a part of a church. That's why it's important important to be a part of a small group of accountability that you find God's will as you hang with other people. I encourage you to get three or four or five strong believers, maybe throughout the country, maybe in our city, maybe in our church, that they speak back into your life from the Word of God. Now, you got to be careful. You go find your best friend. So many times your best friend will tell you the truth, but so many times your best friend won't tell you the truth. They'll tell you what you want to and I don't know why it is, but we do that. And yet there's something about somebody that says, I have your best interest. I want the Lord's will for your life. And I want you to seek my mind. I want you to seek counsel of me. I want you to go after me. I want to give you some scriptures because I know this to be true. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. For the lack of guidance, a nation falls. But victory is won through many advisors. We see this operational with our president and past presidents. They have advisors that advise them to matters of state and defense and whatever we're dealing with. And in the Christian life, God says that we need to have advisors. We need to have holy counsel in our life that lead us, that help us shape and conform to the image of Christ. I am so fortunate. I've had several godly men in my life over the years and present day and some of those have changed and some are still the same that speak into my life truth i'll be going through a hard thing and maybe i can't find a scripture on it maybe i know a principle maybe i'm struggling i'm praying and i'll call a friend some time ago would you pray with me would you speak into my life could you help me in this i need some godly counsel about what to do i'm not sure and it's amazing how many times, sometimes they'll go, I want you to turn, I want you to read this scripture. And that scripture, it just jumps off the page. Or they'll go, here's a principle I've learned from God's word. And I think it would be, I would advise you to put it into practice in your life. Do you have those people in your life that you find that godly counsel that you involve yourself? In Proverbs 24, uh, verse 6b it says the bible says in the multitude of counselors there is safety what does multitude mean many you're going uh-uh i want to know with one counselor there is safety didn't say that it says the multitude so I, I invite myself i invite you to join me that we find a multitude of people that care about our soul and they want to see us prosper 
not just in the things of this world, but the things of the kingdom, the things of Christ. And, and they, they just have a lot of life and a lot of joy in there. And we have spiritual counselors. We have mentors. You know, that's, that's been a, a big thing. Today, there's a big th- uh, thing that's been in the business world for decades. And now the church has adopted it, life coaching. And there's spiritual life coaches and all these things. Ultimately, it just means we need coaches. We need mentors. We need advisors. We need people that speak into our life. So some of you, I'm hoping, some of you, this is going to be refresher. Some of you, it'll be, uh, it'll be new truth to you. Some of you will be like, man, I forgot about that principle. I need to apply that. So seven ways to know God's will, biblical guidance, the counsel of others, which is with unbiased opinion. That could be pastor, teacher, friend, leader, I, I, maybe a family member. Look at the third one. Pay attention to how God has wired you. Would y'all agree with me that we're all wired in this room differently i mean we have different temperaments we have different personalities we have different spiritual gifts we have different spiritual shapes and in first peter it just says this in chapter 4 verse 10 as each one has received a gift then take that gift and minister it to one another as good stewards as the manifold or the god's grace in various forms but take that gift that God's given you and, and minister out of that gift because God's wired you. Aren't you glad that God has wired us differently? Like this worship team, when I just look at all this equipment up here, I look at this pedal over here, I don't have a clue how to use it. I know what it does, and I'm thankful for it. I look over here at the piano, I look at keyboards, I look at all these instrumentation, all this. I'm thankful that different people have different gifts and they're wired. And when they use that, somehow we ultimately achieve God's will together. But in our own lives, God, we just want to know how we're wired. I mean, like, uh, let's say you've got a gift of, of mercy. You have a real gift to, to do missions. And man, you're burning with a passion of evangelism to proclaim christ to the nations and other people recognize that in you well we need to encourage you in that as the body of christ last weekend the weekend before was becky last weekend was the willifords as god began to move in their hearts as people begin to speak truth in life as they begin to discover god's will and begin to read scripture and affirm and testimony and leading and prompting of the holy spirit they knew that they knew that this is what they had to do with their life you know, for me, I, I thought it was to go to law school. I, I really wanted to be a lawyer. That was my goal in life. And, 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 and I'm so glad that I'm not. Eric, I'm, I'm so proud of you. And, uh, and, and, and I love lawyers. But, you know, it's funny. A lot of us preachers, a lot of us, I mean, what would you want to do? Is there anything that you wanted to do in the secular world? And they'll go, uh, I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that. And I can't tell you how many of us probably wanted to be lawyers, and we're not. I don't know. But anyway, uh, it says something about our minds. Here we go. Number four. We're trying to seek God's will out. And the fourth way would maybe listen to God's spirit. It is a gentle, gentle whisper of the Holy Spirit. It's the voice of God that we begin to learn to turn from our hurriedness and busyness to slow down. I've said it oftentimes, Peter Lord, when he came here and did some conferences with us, he would talk a lot about listening, and God began to use that man in a profound way. There was a, another book that I had read way before I met Peter Lord, and I thought about it again this week. Bill Hybels wrote a great classic book that they, they've rewritten a little bit of it. It's called Too Busy Not to Pray. I'd encourage you to pick it up. It's a great read because we're too busy. I, I listen to all y'all all the time. Busy, busy. Man, how, how you doing? Busy. If you ask most people how they're doing, 
Nine times out of ten, they go, busy. I mean, sometimes they just go, slacker. Been sleeping in at 10 o'clock every day. You're like, who are they? That's not what people say. They just go, busy, busy. And I talk to young parents. They don't go, chilling, restful, slept 10 hours last night. They go, dude, if I, if I sleep more than two and a half hours at a time, we give Jesus praise when we hit the floor. Yeah, yeah, amen, there you go. And then when you get older, guess what? You get to get up and go to the bathroom every few hours anyway. I mean, you know, I don't know what it is. I just thought about this. Maybe God conditions us when we're young parents about what, what there is to come. Just, just a thought. I don't know where that came from anyway. All right, too busy. Listening. Uh, here it is. here's here's a practical thing about discerning and listening to the spirit i encourage you they have this thing called paper you ever heard of it see this day and age now i've got my ipad i've got computers and all that but and i primarily use them but i still like a good legal pad there's just something refreshing about a legal pad and a pen You, you ever heard of those two items and i just encourage you a notepad or steno or something get a pad and sometimes when you're sitting with the Lord, just shut up, that's spiritual, and listen. And just write, just write down what he's, what's in, impressed on your heart. Could be a name comes to mind. And then later, just, just write things. And maybe it's a new mission, maybe it's a new ministry, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's something you need to stop. It's something hindering your walk with Jesus. And then you go back later and say, now, Holy Spirit, what is it? Could be that God wants you to forgive that person. It might be that God wants you to take that person a meal. It might be that God wants you to do, uh, give some leadership or invest your life. I don't know what it is. Any number of things. It's just practical. Here's some great questions to ask when you have your pad. What's the next step in my career? Anybody ever ask that question? God, what's the next step for me? It's a great question. What's the next step in my ministry? Y'all have various ministries in our church. Ask the Lord continually. God, here's one I hear all the time. What's the next step for my family? I need to know. I want to be led by you. What's the next step for my marriage? God can speak on that. He does. God, what's the next step in my educational pursuit? So many, it's like, hey, it's to get out of school and return no more. Some is to go to college. Some is to go to graduate work. Some it's to go to tech school. Some is to get a job. It's, some is just to be a continual learner or whatever. And then here, here's a question we ask. God, what's the next step in my finances? Lord, maybe I've got to start planning for retirement. Or God, maybe I've got to stick some money away because we'd like to buy a house for our family or we'd like to do this. Or God, what's the next step in this? But I just believe that the Lord can lead in every specific way if we ask Him, if we get still, and we listen to the Spirit of Christ. How many believe that today? Listen. I know you're going, Keith, that is so simplistic. It is, but very few people do it because we're busy. We're in a hurry. We've got somewhere to go. Got something we got to go, somebody we got to go see. Got something we got to do and do it now. And God's like, just slow down. Listen to the fifth one. And this sounds a little different. Listen to your heart. Now, I know what Jeremiah says. The heart is deceitful above all things and who can cure it. But there's other verses about the heart when it's in tune with God. We can listen to our heart. When the motives are pure, when they're of the Lord. In John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And then they follow me. Uh, Psalm 37, 4 and 5, though, man, this is, I want you to hear this verse. You, you've read it, but I think it fits in right in to this about listen to your heart. Delight yourself 
also in the Lord. And he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. Now, I want you to leave that verse up there. Delight in him. Take pleasure. Take joy in him. And he will do what? He'll give you the desires of your heart because your heart is being shaped and squeezed like him. It's after him. Now, if your heart is just selfish and it's about you and it's about the things of this world, I don't know that I'd be listening to my heart. But when there's spiritual leadership from the Father, and like, God, I just delight to do your will, oh God, more than anything else, then there's blessing that can come to us. Lord, I think we need to uh, shape our wanter. Lord, I want to do your will. Just write that on your note somewhere today. God, help me to just pray that. God, I want to do your will. And if we're honest, a lot of times we're like, nah, I want to do God's will, but I want my will. Because my will won't hurt. My will won't cost as much. My will will give me glory. My will, my will, my will. Well, God wants to say, I want you to do my will, the will of the Father. So, God, we begin to shape and to look to you. And the sixth one is, look at our circumstances and the opportunities that we find in front of us. What is life's realities and situation that you find yourself in the middle of? Look at that continually. And then look and pray, Lord, are there opportunities out of this? Do y'all believe that God opens and closes doors? Do you believe God opens and closes doors? You know what I love? I love when God opens a door and you'd have to be an idiot not to see it and you just go after it. But at the same time, I am thankful for closed doors because when doors are barred, when doors are shut, isn't that a good door that you know you don't need to be trying to mess around that and go through that? And then sometimes it's that proverbial wait. Timing is not right. Situation is not there yet. But God opens and closes doors. Right now, some of you find yourselves in circumstances that are really good or they're really tough. And I'm just saying, just begin to pray if you're not praying a lot. And say, Lord, give me the opportunity of doing your will. Lord, what are the opportunities that I have at hand? God, is there something that you want me to do with my life? God, is there something new? Is there a new path? Is there a new direction? How many of you think that God can give new directions after he's given a direction for a number of years? Do you think God has the prerogative to change his mind and to take you off in a new direction? Sure he does. He's God. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best for his glory, for his kingdom. And, and, and over in uh, Acts chapter 16, just write down Acts, 10, Acts, write down Acts chapter 16, verses uh, 6 through 10. And if you go down to verse 7, it says, And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. See, sometimes we read in Scripture, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let them go there. Have you ever tried to do something sometime, and you wanted to do it so bad, and it just didn't work out, and you fought God? Sure, I've been there. And then when you look back, sometimes you're like, wow, God did not allow that to happen. He didn't allow that to operate in my life because he had something better. I've told you all the story here before. When uh, General Cedric George, when he came here, he came here when we moved in this building. I remember he came over, and me and him and about two other guys, we unloaded all these chairs, about 500 chairs we unloaded. And Cedric was a buff, big arm, black officer in the United States Air Force that loved Jesus Christ, him and Liz. They were 
our first interracial couple that had come to our church and they just loved God and he was neat and I remember one day he was in charge of our first touch ministry and I said Cedric what do you want to do in your life he goes I want to love God with all my heart soul mind and strength I go well you could tell me anything as big as you are you could have squashed me like that's awesome I said what do you want to do what's your goal he looked at me he goes pastor I want to be a general in the United States Air Force He's the only guy that's ever told me that. We've had lots of officers come through here. And do you know a few years ago, Cedric George got promoted to general in the United States Air Force. But here's what I know about Cedric. Cedric wanted to do God's will above his own will. He would seek God's will. He'd, he'd have his devotions. I, I've kept up with him over the years. I remember one day he, he told me, or he called Donna during 9-11. He couldn't get to office that day, and he was so irritated. Like, man, why have a presentation if you knew Cedric? He was always on task. He was always in charge. And he didn't get to the office that day because the metro and everything wasn't running right, and he was frustrated. And that day, 9-11 happened, and the plane went through the Pentagon. And then he's like, God didn't allow me to get, because the plane was right down from his office. See, sometimes, have you ever been on a trip? And, and you got frustrated, like, God, really? Can you believe all the traffic in front of me? Just call it Vaughn Road out here, okay? And you just sit there. I used to get on that road, and I'd go. Sometimes now you sit there for 30 minutes, you go, praise you, Jesus. That's my good response. Sometimes it's not that. And have you ever wondered sometimes why God doesn't let you to get somewhere when you wanted to get there? Because maybe he's allowing you not to be in the accident that was going to happen. Maybe there's something he wanted you to do. And all these spiritual ramifications, like, Lord, we just want your will. We want to follow you. We believe you speak through circumstances. And look at the seventh. Align your will. Keith, align your will with God's will. God, I, I want your will. Lord, I can want my will and I can want desires, but I pray that my desires are from you and they're pleasing in your sight. And let me just give you some verses that are so good because I'd love for you to just hear God's word. First Thessalonians chapter 4 three through five it is god's will it didn't say it's god's thought it's god's maybe his plan it says it's god's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality right there period god wants us to avoid sexual sin he's very clear that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable and not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know god but it is god's will that you should be sanctified let me get break it down for you because sanctified is kind of a theological kind of big word it means set apart for the purposes of god how many of you believe that god wants your sex life he wants your life he wants you to be holy how many believe that i hope all of you that's what the scripture says. I mean, God's, God's just clear about it. God's, God's best. That's what he wants. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Here it is. It is God's will that you give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Does God want you to grumble? Does God want you to complain? That is God's will. It is not. It's God's will that we do what? That we give thanks. That we're thankful people. What's the next holiday coming up? Thanksgiving. And everybody gets all thankful. Let's all go around the table and share how thankful we are. And some of you are like, please, man, I don't want to do that. How about just every day? God, I'm just thankful. Don't you love to be around thankful people? I love it when somebody goes, man, thank you so much for that. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for that kind note. We have a woman. She's, she's not even here today. But you know who I'm talking about? Debbie Rivers. Let me tell you something. I love Debbie Rivers. Debbie Rivers loves this church. And I tell you what, she has a gift of exhortation and writing notes. And she'll just go, I am so thankful for my church, and I'm thankful for my pastor. And she'll write a little note, and I'll go, 
Well, I'll tell you what happened. A couple things happened. I pray for Debbie more than I pray for most people. <laughs> she's just on my mind. She's just an encourager. She's refreshing. But it is God's will to be thankful in the church. So God help us. And look at 1 John 2, 17. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. God, I want to live forever. I want my friends to live forever. So, Lord, we want to learn to get in on your will because it's pleasing and it's right. Of course, it's God's will that you be saved. It's God's will that you be spirit-filled. It's God's will that you be sanctified. It's God's will that you be submissive. It's God's will that you might suffer, that Christ might be glorified. It is God's will that you say thanks to him. I could give you so many things that I know are God's will because Scripture commands it. So I hope in some kind of way this morning that this lesson just pushes you to walk with God, to trust Him, to surrender to His will over your will. And say, Lord, your will is revealed in your word. Jeremy, if you'll come to the piano, I want to end there. God, your will is primarily revealed in living Scripture.